0: welcome to the Non-Negotiable Success Show. I'm your host Nina, a New York City lawyer and former lobbyist who left my career in New York to discover my own definition of success. To me, that looked like time freedom, location freedom, and financial freedom. So I started a contract template shop online for entrepreneurs, started earning passive income, and took my life on the road traveling the world. Today, I help online entrepreneurs learn the legal side of business, like how to negotiate contracts, how to network and how to protect your brand, but I also help busy business owners with tips and tricks I've learned along the way from marketing and sales online, which has earned me four times more in passive income than I've ever earned at a New York City firm. Tune in each week for trainings and talks about living life on your own terms to make your success non-negotiable. Let's get into today's conversation.
1: And welcome back to the Non Negotiable Success Show. I'm your host Nina, and I'm coming at you live from a new microphone. That's right, in the last episode, I told you I was waiting on a very important Amazon delivery, and that was my new wireless microphone set for my phone. Actually, you could use it for different cameras and whatever you want to use it for, too, but I'm using it for my phone. It has a little adapter that you plug into your phone and the receiver plugs into your phone actually, and the microphone itself is wireless. So not sure if it makes that much of a difference in terms of sound quality yet, but in terms of ease of creating content, it's been a game changer so far just because I don't have to hold my phone two inches away from my face to record an episode anymore. So with that, let's get into today's episode. And this is something that I had wanted to discuss um, over the last couple of days. It's been on my mind and we're finally getting around to recording the episode. So let me pull out my handy dandy notebook here, sit in my chair, pull out my handy dandy notebook. You'll hear some background noise flipping through the pages and we're going to get to it. So I don't know about you, but I've been in, and I feel like I go through this every summer, I've been in a content creation rut. And when I do get into those moods, because it's inevitable you'll get into them when you're creating content full time for years and years on end, and there's always something else you need to be aware of or another platform you need to be on or another trend you need to be mindful of, or especially as you get older, you know, I'm a millennial, and you're trying to keep up with like what's going on in the generations below you so that you can make sure that you're on the forefront of whatever's new and you're keeping up in terms of ever-changing tech and economy, it could be so overwhelming, not to mention all of the things that we consume content for in terms of bettering our health or our education. And I had a conversation with people even in person recently where it feels like we're being productive because it feels like we're learning something if we're scrolling TikTok and we're watching videos about current events or we're watching videos about business topics or we're watching videos about health. But it could be really overwhelming, right? And my brain is like currently at the same capacity my phone is at, which – I don't know who didn't tell me this earlier, but I didn't know that like phones went above 128 gigs. So I have a 128 gig iPhone and I have like 123 gigabytes used of it. So picture that colorful bar of doom, which means that you know, when you pull up your iPhone settings, you see that colorful bar of doom, which means that your iPhone storage is running out soon. Like, that is what my brain feels like lately, and my eyes just feel strained from looking at screens, and I just feel like I need a break, especially where I live right now. It's the off-season in Sayulita, and there's not that many people here, whether it's tourists or whether it's other people who live here full, full time, quote unquote, they go travel in the summer or they go home in the summer because it's really hot here. So there are days where I don't talk to people except for maybe whoever I'm ordering, ordering my coffee from, or like if I happen to run into someone on the street or go to a fitness class or something, maybe then I'll have a conversation. So I tend to want to fill my time by listening to podcasts or putting on YouTube videos in the background of other things I'm doing or taking breaks to scroll to get some connection with the outside world. It could be a really, really lonely job being a full-time uh, you know, freelancer or content creator or early stage founder. And if you're someone who is more of a solopreneur like me, I don't have a team that I'm checking in with every day, that I'm meeting with every day. I don't work remote for another company where I'm getting interaction with all the people all, all the time. So I tend to default into Okay, well let me put on a podcast or let me scroll TikTok or let me do something that involves social media in some way so that I'm interacting with other people aside from just walking out of my house. Like obviously I'll wanna I'd prefer to walk out of my house and interact with people in real life, but like that's not always as easy as it sounds, right? So I've been spending a lot more time than I care to admit consuming content, whether it's podcast content, YouTube content, TikTok content, etc. I haven't really been on Instagram that much. To be honest, it doesn't really excite me anymore. And I feel like it's a little bit of a place that's more of like a website now. It's a place to showcase some of your information, connect with some people, but it's not going to be the thing that grows you to the next level, right? Um, and the more I consume, the more my brain feels like it's at capacity, the more I feel like I don't have any room to create. And this is coming from someone who does sit and spends time with myself every morning over coffee to journal and to look at my notebook. I have a separate notebook that's just for business ideas, which is this notebook you hear in the background where I I plan out when I do have ideas, some content or product ideas or campaign ideas or content series ideas or whatever. Like I have a notebook that's just for business and I try to take pen to paper, even if I don't have good ideas, I try to get into the habit of like, allowing my ideas to have a channel to flow through me. So even though I might be filling the pages with nonsense and things that I'll never look at again and ideas I'll never use, that mind to muscle connection of your brain getting these ideas or concepts from nothing and then channeling down into your arm that you're writing with and your hand onto paper and the smell of that ink and the smell of those pages, that does something for me subconsciously. Even if I'm not giving, you know, even if it's not giving, as the youth would say, it's just not giving. um, It's at least giving subconsciously. And The more I sit and feel frustrated, and this has been going on for like months now, the more I sit and feel frustrated with myself for not having quote unquote good ideas anymore and for not really finding my thing that's going to make content creation feel fun and natural again and the more I look at insights and analytics or just vanity metrics and see that certain content's not performing well, the more frustrated I get and then the further away I feel from my goal. So if you're like me and you're just feeling frustrated, you're feeling overwhelmed, your brain feels like that really full storage bar on your iPhone that's capped at 128 gigs and you're like, I didn't even know that other people have a terabyte Like, how come other people have terabytes and I only have 128 gigs and I've used 123 of the 128 gigs? If you're comparing yourself to other people online, like I've been, because we all go through it, we're just not all honest and transparent about it. We all go through comparing ourselves to others. And it's really easy to compare yourself to others when you're in kind of like a down moment too, because you're consuming content more than you're creating content. Here is something that came to me, and I wrote it down in my notebook of good ideas. So I wrote, remember, doing the work equals a vehicle to never-ending content ideas. Instead of worrying about content ideas, do the work and the ideas will flow and actually be useful. So did I write useful? Actually be useful. I think I wrote useful. But This reminds me of a conversation that I've had a couple of times over the past year too. There are two types of content creators that are business owners out there. So I'm the type of content creator that creates content to promote my business. I'm not like a quote unquote influencer and I create content for one specific purpose, which indirectly or directly is to drive sales to my law firm and to my contract template shop, right? Or to get other opportunities that pay me or compensate me for my legal skills, right? That doesn't mean I'm always going to be in that box. I'm trying to think about whether it makes sense for me to expand, whether I should have one foot in, one foot out the door because, uh, or one foot in one door, one foot in the other door, because I do feel like that has kind of distracted me before when I've tried to do too many things. Um, Like, should I seek to be compensated or should I create content about other topics, even if I don't know if it would ever compensate me somehow, which like, again, does that kind of sound like fucked up? Am I creating just to make money? I don't know. I should be creating for the joy of it, right? But when I really think about it and I think about other content creators that are business owners like me, there are two types of people out there. And I've even seen it with lawyers. There are the people who want to be popular and there are the people that want to be really good at what they do. There are the people who want to create content so that they gain a following and become popular and then hope that that popularity converts. And then there are the people who want to create content to showcase their expertise and provide information to people in a way that might be helpful to them and build community and really empower people through that knowledge, teach them something new, make something like, for example, in my case, legal topics entertaining. And what I've seen in the people that do really well long-term versus the people that either burn out or get or crash and burn are the people who do it just to gain the following and become popular and like not know what comes next. Those are the people that either don't have a good foundation that they're building their business on because it it's very clear at a certain point to the community that like you're using them for monetary gain, you know, like you're looking at your followers as numbers and as dollar signs, and also those are the people that are more likely to then get canceled down the line later on if they do do something wrong because they didn't put in the effort to become the better business owner. They launched maybe before they were too, before they were ready. They scaled too fast, right? We all know those people who were like, "That is just not going to end good for that person." I definitely know a couple of them that I'm like, it's only a matter of time before they're exposed because they're so fucking shady, right? And they're doing it like they everybody thinks they're in it for community, but they're in it for themselves, right? There's those types of people. And then, you know, even at the very least, if they're not a con artist or they're not going to crash and burn, not that I want to wish downfall upon that many people. There are definitely a few people like I'm not I'm not better than that. Like I fucking there's definitely a couple people that I'm like, oh my God, I can't wait until people see the truth about them. But uh, you know, I'm not I'm not a saint. But I even at the very least, like those people might get burnt out, right? They could have the best intentions in the world. And I have other friends who are like this that have the best intentions, but I could tell they're creating content just to you know, as cluelessly as maybe I am even at this point, but just trying to like get that popularity because then they're thinking that the community will tell them what to build. And that works in some cases, but you still have to have some kind of direction um, because otherwise you'll get burnt out. Then there's the other type of people. And this is who I try to embody. This is who I try to be. This is what I've tried to become is the type of person who, at the end of the day, like, it's great that I create content, but since this is all related to my career as an attorney and my profession as a business owner and someone who provides advice to different content creators, different startups, who wants to learn more about the inner workings of business and entrepreneurship and investing and, uh, you know, even something like venture capital and stuff like that, then I should really focus on honing my craft. And I worked for many years as a lawyer before starting my own firm. I worked for three years as a licensed lawyer in New York, and that includes my career as a lobbyist. And then I worked for several years before that in internships and externships for different law firms and government agencies at high levels, including the federal government and even white-collar crime bureaus on the county level. So I've always had some kind of, you know, finger on the pulse in terms of white-collar matters, so white-collar crime or contract law or lobbying, real estate law, something like that. And I learned a lot in those few years that I worked for other people. And then I got burned out and started my own firm. But now I've been working for myself as long as, or if not longer than I worked for other people. And I'm kind of craving and missing that mentorship again and missing that feeling of watching someone be super savvy and getting to learn something new about my industry that maybe isn't super public and on the public domain. Like I'm not like watching a YouTube video about it or listening to a podcast about it. I'm seeing it in action with my mentors, right? And I do still try to keep my network close to me. When I go home to New York, I do still keep in contact with my old lobbying firm. And occasionally I do some work with them on a freelance basis, but it's not the same. And also it's hard for me then to keep building my network when I'm in New York, when every time I go home, I'm still connecting with the same people and trying to keep really tight relationships with the people that are already in my network. So I feel very blessed for that, but I do miss that feeling of having that expansive network that I had just from being in the nature of being a lobbyist or an attorney in Manhattan and in Albany, which is the state capital, and meeting all of those people that I got to meet in such a short period of time before the world was crazy with the pandemic, before everybody started their own businesses and and working for themselves. Um, And it's something that I really do miss, but I'm I'm trying to grapple with, like, I don't want to go back and work for someone else. I want to kind of collaborate and grow my experience and expertise through partnering with the right people. Maybe teaming up with lawyers who are well beyond my experience level and honing my craft. And that's been something I've been craving for a while. It's something you can't put a price on. So if it's you know, just joining different networking groups or traveling to go to different networking events or doing work in the law. We have something called of counsel where you can kind of be like a freelancer almost for a different firm and you could be part of their firm but you'd be of counsel. So you wouldn't be like employed by them technically. You would just be called on for certain projects, maybe doing something like that maybe doing something where I could be a rainmaker for another firm, where I could bring in business to another firm, but work under them for things that maybe I'm not super well versed in yet. So for example, I don't know anything about estate law. So if I wanted to help clients set up trust or something like that, I wouldn't know how to do it. If I wanted to go even further, this is why I laugh so much when there are so many quote unquote contract and trademark lawyers out there now in the internet, like, why? Where did you all come from? Because last time I checked your LinkedIn said that you used to work for a personal injury firm right before you, the pandemic, and you all of a sudden became a contract lawyer. Like I've been a contract lawyer for 10 years now, and there's still so much that I do not know. I had someone reach out to me today. They're about to, their startup is about to raise more money from different investors. And I am like, okay, I Barely even know the basic documents that they need, let alone what would be good terms to go in them. And the fact that there are people out there calling themselves contract lawyers because they can, like I could go and represent someone in a DUI if they got pulled over for a DUI. Like, yeah, sure. I, I'm technically a criminal lawyer, but why would I ever do that? It's so irresponsible because I didn't hone that craft. I didn't, I didn't focus on that area of expertise, right? So why would I do that? And that's the same thing to me with like people who just want to be really popular and people could have a big following for just, you know, doing whatever, but it doesn't mean that they're good at what they're selling you or what you think that they're good at. And I had another client today come to me and I'm constantly trying to challenge myself and put myself in new positions, but being honest about my limitations and not being afraid, like not having imposter syndrome, but also being like, okay, I want to make sure that I'm being responsible and I have a duty to give the best advice to someone. I can't just like When someone pays me to be their lawyer, I can't half-ass something. I literally cannot half-ass something. I have to put 100% of my ass into everything that I do because I have a law license and ethical standards to uphold. And there are some lawyers that do just half-ass things because they don't even know that they're half-assing them. They just don't know what they don't know. And so at least I have the limitations on myself to know what I don't know. You know, there's another client that came to me today looking for some sort of financial related securities-based document. And it's like, whoa, I have not had to stretch myself this far in so long. And it used to be that I would be at a firm where I would be able to knock on someone who's like 20 years older than me's door and sit at their desk and pick their brain for free or have them point me in the right direction with basic cases or basic books. They would hand me fucking books, like a stack of books to start reading when it comes to learning a new area of law, even in something that I have been practicing for 10 years, which is contract law, right? And I have been working with startups and businesses for five or six years. There's still so much I don't know. So now I'm focusing on honing my craft, really manifesting and calling in the right people who can be part of my network to bring me to the next level. And in the meantime, if I focus on that, the content will come. Because guess what? The more I'm learning about something, the more I'm going to be inspired to share things based on that new information with you, of course, in a responsible way. But as I'm diving more into learning how to work with startups like technical startups, not just, you know, I've been working with freelancers and agency owners and content creators for the last six years, but now I'm starting to work with proper quote unquote startups that are getting money from investors or venture capitals, like, you know, from venture capital, or they're, they're getting funding from people who want to have a closer look at someone's business and more control maybe over someone's business than just a couple of friends who decided to get together for a relatively low risk to start a web design agency or like an influencer agency or something like that. And as this industry scales as well, there are more and more influencers that are starting their own businesses. Like there are more influencer-based brands starting every day. There are more influencers who are coming out and saying that they're investing in different companies as angel investors now every day. There are so many benefits to that. And it's part of having a really diverse portfolio to build your wealth in addition to something like trust and estate law, which I also don't know shit about, right? That I wanna learn because I see the future of, the people I'm working with needing those services or inquiring about them at least, or at the very least, if I learn about them, I can create content educating people on them to make them think that, wow, that's an option I never considered before. I never considered purchasing real estate in order to protect some of my assets, blah, 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 whatever it is, right? So all this to say, the more I focus on honing my craft and becoming the best at what I do or broadening my knowledge, the more content that I can pull from, from personal experience, from personal learning. And even if you're like, well, Nina, I'm not gonna go to fucking law school or I'm not gonna get an MBA or just like wake up one day and decide to learn a whole new industry, I kinda wanna just stick to what I'm doing, then that's fine too. So using, again, my business just as an example, even in the field of contract law for something like agency owners, content creators, Every single client that I work with, I'm learning more and more about shit that could hit the fan in business and things that need to be put into the contract. But I'm not creating content on all of that because I'm sitting there working with clients and putting new terms into their contracts, testing them out, getting feedback, et cetera, et cetera. So I could, let's say I've had a lot of meetings with people lately over the last six months or so where they've been photographers, they've been service providers, they've been content creators, they've been web designers, they're ghostwriters, whatever it is, and they provide some kind of service to a client and they've had the issue of people going outside of the scope of work and wanting other work for quote-unquote free and they feel uncomfortable charging them. So what we've been doing is we've been including the scope of work, and then we've been including a reference to what we call a Schedule A that we attach to the back of the contract. That basically is a table, it's a chart of additional services that people might request from experience, and then add-on fees, and then reserving the right to if the client requests any of those add-ons in the Schedule A, adding the appropriate fee to an invoice that they must pay pursuant to the terms and section whatever, right? And this has been really helpful because let's say you're a photographer and someone wants 50 images, but you say, you know, you're going to provide 30 edited images or whatever. You can have an add-on fee for the extra images. You can have an add-on fee if you give them, let's say, a one-year license to use it on their ads, right, if you're a content creator, you're giving them a one-year license to use them on paid advertisement, they want to purchase an additional license to use it in some other type of format, or they want to have it for a longer chunk of time, you could have an add on fee for that. If you are a photographer and you do one shoot and one concept for that rate, and they want to add another location, and they want to add models and they want you to help with model scouting, you could add those services on as add-ons too. If you're a copywriter and they want an extra draft or revision, you could add an add-on for that. You get the point, right? So that's something that I could create a lot of content about because I haven't yet. And that comes from me becoming better at what I do, which is helping content creators, course creators, coaches, freelancers, agency owners, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, protect their energy through contracts and better enforce their boundaries, better identify their boundaries, and better implement consequences for other people who violate their boundaries in a way that's not super bitchy with contracts and with contracts that are not just from chat GPT or that they drafted themselves because they think they know it all. Guess what? You might know what you think you know, but you only know your business. You don't know, like when when I talk to someone, I know their business. I know your competitor's business. I know their biggest competition's business because they're all going to lawyers, they're all going to the same lawyer sometimes and talking about these things. So I'm constantly expanding that uh, perspective and area of expertise. And then not only that, I'm drafting the contract language, seeing how it plays out, getting feedback, and also just meeting with people and chatting with them before, after, always, always, just talking to people about that stuff too. So that's a couple of ways in an example about how you can become an never-ending, resource for people in terms of creating content if you just focus on being the best at what you do, learning more, honing your craft, honing your skills. So for example, if you're a content creator and you are trying to enter into the lifestyle influencing niche and you're learning more and more about how to take better photos or you're learning more about pitching to brands, you can create content and share about that and share behind the scenes of your day. And that not only opens up another avenue for you to influence aspiring influencers, but it's also showcasing to brands that you are doing this professionally and it's allowing you to flex that muscle and get out there and create more content, right? Whether it's little mini vlogs or photos with a caption about everything you're learning, whatever it is. If you are a web designer and you're trying to become the best version of yourself you can be, you can have a series where you're screen recording yourself working in InDesign and showing your techniques and showing how some of your best creations are accidents from you putting in the work you have to put in the work to be the best at what you do you have to put in the work to get the ideas of what to create content about too nobody that you see who's killing it is not putting in the work they're putting in the work it's a healthy hustle culture So that's my little bit of inspiration for the day. I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode and please don't forget to leave a rating and a review. It would really mean a lot to me to help get this podcast out to more people. And if you do just screenshot the review before you submit, send it to me in either the email at Nina at thecontractguru.com. Or in my Instagram DMs, and I will give you access to a free contract template. It will be the website privacy policy and terms and conditions template, which is required by law on all websites, whether or not you are a business. So if you do that, and please make it an honest review. It doesn't have to be a five star review, whatever it is, but just leave a review. It would mean the world to me. Screenshot it, email it to me at nina at thecontractguru.com or via Instagram, at NinaTheLawyer, and I will give you access to that free template. Thanks, and I'll see you in the next episode.